This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. Joined by Mary Lucas from Transitions Life Care. Here's your host, Jason Kong. Welcome to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Hey, good afternoon to you. I'm Jason Kong here with... Mary Lucas, representing Transitions Life Care. Mary, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. I've got a new foster dog, so I'm running on little to no sleep. <laughs> I've, I've seen, I follow you on the Instagrams, and you keep track of the the tails, the canine-inch tails yes. of uh, your foster duties, and it's uh, it, it's awesome to see, but also I, I've I just I don't know how you deal with the stress of dealing with all these foster dogs. It's it's something to behold. Yes, you know I shifted when grandfather passed away uh, in December. I shifted from caregiving a little bit there to here. Let me put all my caregiving energy into another another journey. So uh, here we are. <laughs> well, it's it's a fun follow. If you are on the Instagram, you should check it out. Canine Inch Tail. <laughs> well, let's get to our topic at hand today, and we're really excited for today's program because. We are going to be talking with Neil Shaw. He is the CEO and co-founder of Yaya Health Technologies, and you may have read about them recently in the Triangle Business Journal, and they're also a partner of Transitions Life Care. So we thought this would be a wonderful opportunity to speak with Neil and introduce Yaya to the listening audience. Neil, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Jason, for having me, and thanks, Mary, you know, for the opportunity as well. Definitely. They, you know, I'm super excited to share what Carriaya is with our listeners. We're a close partner with Transitions Life Care, and um, we've really enjoyed working with you all. I, I grabbed the Triangle Business Journal and saw your face on it the other day, which was really exciting as well to get the to get the word out. And you know, I wanted to share a stat that I saw in that article because I thought it was very uh, powerful. The Harvard Business Review survey from 2019 found that 73% of employees have some kind of caregiving responsibility, and a third of those left a job due to their responsibilities. So this is not a challenge that we have and that we're facing in our in our uh, society. This is a crisis. It's impacting businesses. It's impacting lives. It's a li- Caregiving is a lifestyle, and it's something that I've felt, but I'm, I'm really excited to talk with you and share what you do today with our listeners. So maybe um, let's start at the beginning. Neil, tell us what Yaya is. Yeah, sure. You know, yeah, thanks for the question, Mary. And, and you're right that you brought up a great statistic. Um, you know, I am part of that statistic, actually. Um, and I'll talk about that, you know, in terms of my own life experience and why I started that. Um, but yeah, so, you know, kind of for an overview. So Carrie is an amazing new option for finding caregiving um, help. Um, we started initially at UNC Chapel Hill um, as a technology software development project and, you know, partnered with the Gilling School of Public Health and several physicians from UNC Health, you know, kind of collaborate with us. To build it, um, you know, and I think in a sense, what is Carriata is we found a secret workforce of amazing caregivers um, that don't typically participate in the care economy. But by bringing a technology gig economy solution, uh, we're able to bring this workforce uh, to bear um, into the market uh, to help people. And they are college students who are going in the healthcare field. You know, think about our doctors and nurses of tomorrow. Um, you know, these people make the best caregivers and oftentimes they don't even do it for the money, but they do it for the life experience and the pathway to graduate school. Um, KGI is not a care agency. It's a caregiver registry that's tech enabled. Um, you book online. Uh, it's very convenient, easy to use. 
amazing user experience. You know, we have um, five-star reviews, um, great reliability on time percentages, and best of all, um, kind of the most important thing is you get this great workforce for only $15 an hour. Um, we've built for maximum affordability. Um, the technology is completely free to use. Um, we're supported by healthcare systems, insurance uh, companies, and executives, and um, you pay the caregivers directly. Um, a lot, several people that are using it are saying carry-out may change the way that, you know, we as a nation address home-based care. Um, and, you know, I'm really proud to have built this in North Carolina right here in our backyard um, in Research Triangle, and um, it's already starting to spread to other states. Um, you know, we have, like, no advertising budget, um, so in a way, it's the best-kept secret in the care market. Uh, you know, a lot of people in the healthcare systems are using it for themselves, their family members. It's growing through word of mouth. Um, this is like the first public forum that, you know, we've had uh, to discuss it. So I really greatly appreciate it and thankful for the opportunity uh, for inviting me on uh, your podcast. Um, and yeah, we're a very thankful uh, partner uh, with uh, Transitions Life Care. And, you know, hope that uh, through this uh, forum, both podcast and the radio show, uh, we can um, help way more families um, that need help with care. That is amazing. I, I uh, There's such a need for what you do. I'm, I'm curious, Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into this. How did Care Yaya come about? Um, yeah, so um, actually, as I said, you know, I am one of those statistics that, um, you know, they, there's a great quote I heard um, uh, a few years ago um, that you don't choose caregiving, a caregiving chooses you. And, you know, that's really applicable, you know, in my own kind of life story and life experience. You know, something happened to me, you know, suddenly in my mid-30s that completely redirected the course of my life and my career and got me really obsessed with caregiving. Um, so for background, I grew up here, um, you know, as a child, I was, as a child prodigy, got a, you know, straight A's, perfect score on my SATs, you know, and ultimately ended up going to an Ivy League school and moved to New York City to work on Wall Street. Um, I very rapidly rose the ranks in the investment industry, working at private equity and hedge funds. And by my late 20s, I was a partner at a multi-billion-dollar fund. And then by my early 30s, I started my own investment fund. Um, worked really hard and grew that from initially 10 million to $250 million that I was managing by the time I was 35. Um, you know, so I was like very kind of focused on business, um, healthcare. I was really spending a lot of time on investments in healthcare and technology. Um, but then I had really caregiving hit me very personally. Um, you know, first my grandparents became very severely ill, you know, went through everything, host of ailments, cancer, kidney failure, dialysis, um, memory loss, um, cognitive deterioration. And, you know, my family had, really struggled finding good care help. Um, and eventually just my mom, um, you know, left her career um, to do it full time. You know, there was a lot of guilt and pressure um, of family caregiving um, and just a bad user experience of utilizing kind of the care market. And, you know, then ultimately what turned was supposed to be a few months thing turned into five years of caregiving. And then after that, she never really went back to the workforce, you know, so I observed that. And unfortunately, I was like far away, so I couldn't do much about it. Um, and then in my mid thirties, at the peak of my professional career, it hit me very directly. Uh, my wife, Catherine, became very severely ill um, with cancer, went through several rounds of treatments that didn't work, ICU hospitalizations, at one point was in a medically induced coma for a month, um, failed surgeries, and so on. So, it was, it, you know, I was basically taking sabbaticals from my work, which was very hard to do as it is as a primary caregiver, and it was basically three years of absolute hell. Um, you know, most of our friends were having children, and we were spending our time thinking about death. Mm-hmm. Um you know, so, so it, was, it was a really um, life-changing and tough experience. Um, and, you know, I think it really kind of like, it really like woke me up to, you know, mortality, um, things that, you know, happen to people that you sometimes don't expect. 
And then, you know, just kind of difficulties people face. Um, you know, thankfully, a positive ending to the story. Eventually, my wife had a complete recovery. Now has been in remission for three years. Mm. Um, we actually welcomed our, our first child uh, after this whole experience. So we had our baby daughter, Penelope, who's now almost two years old. Um, yeah, so it's, you know, knock on wood, you know, <laughs> hopefully I don't have to go through that again. Um, but, you know, I think I'm very thankful for the experience in a way, uh, even though it's very difficult, because through, through that, I, I derived a lot of meaning from caregiving. You know, I really always had ambitions to do something kind of on a grand scale um, and make an impact. But through this experience of just like spending so much time in like the hospital systems, um, you know, doing care myself, um, saw how many people were just struggling with caregiving challenges, uh, whether it's care for an aging parent uh, or spouse with serious illness. I saw how many people were walking away from careers, you know, due to this enormous pressure and just feeling the burden of doing it yourself. Um, and, you know, I'm a pretty obsessive person. Um, so I just became absolutely obsessed with how can I solve this problem and like make it my life's work to build a better future for caregiving. Um, and I really wanted to kind of start something that, you know, I would be proud to get care from myself, you know, when my time comes. Um, so yeah, that's, that was kind of like the backstory, you know. That is amazing. And I'm, I'm so thankful to hear that your wife is doing well and, um, congrats on your first, first child. That's very exciting. Um, I have a quick question for you before we head to break, um, in your experience and all the caregiving experience that you've had, um, did you find yourself wanting to advocate more for your loved ones and, and um, what difficult difficulties did you face in doing so? Hmm. Yeah, great question. You know, I found basically a lot of the um, difficulty was in finding the type of help that I wanted and really kind of the type of help that I needed. And, you know, I felt like the, what was available and on offer, you know, kind of both in when I was living in New York and ultimately when we kind of relocated back home to North Carolina was that it just wasn't like kind of what I really wanted. Um, you know, I didn't really need a lot of medical help. Um, I really needed kind of a lot of companion help, um, you know, people to kind of like, um, you know, mm -hmm. keep company, have conversations, you know, kind of help around the house. Um, I wanted to kind of do it self-directed. You know, I really wanted a great user experience that was like convenient. You know, I'm like a very technology, you know, kind of focused user. I've done a lot of things, you know, Uber, Airbnb. These are all things that were built when I was growing up. And, you know, I feel like for especially the millennial caregiver, um, which now, believe it or not, a third of caregivers across the country now are the millennial generation. You know, I kind of wanted something that, you know, I was used to and something critically where there's just a great user experience. You know, I think one of the biggest challenges I found um, when I tried to um, interact with the care industry was, even if I could afford it, um, uh, over half the money that I was paying wasn't going to the caregiver. Um, you know, so there was kind of a lot of um, leakage and waste in, in the way the industry is operating. Um, and as a result, there was a lot of like caregiver, you know, burnout of people who are in the care industry. And it's very, very hard work. Um, God bless them, you know, that they're doing, many of these caregivers are doing this as a full-time, you know, career. Um, but as you can imagine, if you're doing this and, you know, on average in North Carolina, caregivers are making 11 something dollars an hour, um, met to them, um, it's incredibly growing work. And, you know, I found many of these caregivers were doing second jobs at Food Lion, you know, to just kind of make ends meet. So I thought that there was just like a, a real, like, um, broken industry structure and, you know, really opportunity to kind of create something novel, different, um, you know, increase the amount that the caregivers were making, uh, lower the amount um, uh, that the families would have to pay, uh, bring a lot of technology into the mix. And then just also, there's just massive shortages, you know, so I thought there was a great opportunity to kind of 
unlock uh, a new caregiver workforce. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, things that many people are informally doing, like going out and finding students. You know, that's one of the biggest things we found since we run Ferii is that a lot of people are saying, "Oh, this is a great idea." I was kind of doing something like this myself of going to Chapel Hill Nursing School and um, putting up flyers, you know, to mm-hmm. find somebody to help my mom or dad. Yeah, it's really exciting. It could be a game changer here. We're speaking with Neil Shaw. Neil is CEO and care founder of Care Yaya Technologies, and we're going to continue our conversation with him right after this. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF with your hosts, Mary Lucas and Jason Kong. Welcome back to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. I am Jason Kong here with Mary Lucas, and our guest on the line is Neil Shaw, and Neil is CEO and co-founder of Care Yaya Health Technologies, and they are a partner of Transitions Life Care, and also um, Care Yaya is a tech-enabled care registry, and Mary, we've kind of gotten the background on how this whole thing started and the need that it fills, but we've, we, we need to dive in deeper here. Definitely. I, I'm, I'm curious, how does this experience work for the user, the caregiver who wants to book caregiving through Care Yaya? Neil, talk to us a little bit about what that looks like. How, how do you go about using Care Yaya? Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Mary, for the question. So, you know, basically the, the way you go about using it is it's all online, um, all, you know, kind of on demand. You know, it's very self-directed care. Um, you know, you book someone affordably, quickly. Um, you know, the, the user experience works here where you simply go to careyaya.org. That's C-A-R-E-Y-A-Y-A.org. Um, you click on request care. Um, you spend less than three minutes uh, filling out information about yourself, you know, your loved one, uh, details of the care needs. Um, you know, enter um, a date, time that you'd like, um, you know, to request care, um, address, and just basic information. Um, and then that's it from your end. Um, then that request on the other end, you know, goes out through our uh, matching technology and algorithms to um, available caregivers nearby and find someone for you, uh, typically within a couple of days, um, and sends you details, uh, profile, reviews, um, you know, picture, uh, background, um, you know, okay, hi, I'm, you know, Sarah at UNC Chapel Hill, and I'm a senior studying biology, and I'm going to medical school, you know, and um, here's my prior reviews. Um, so it's the easiest, most convenient, um, fastest way that I'm aware of to book care. You know, we found that, you know, this is really for people looking for like private duty caregivers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we found that in the caregiver market, um, a lot of people realize that the private duty caregiver market has some of the best caregivers, mm-hmm. you know, and some of the nicest caregivers and at like very affordable rates. Um, but it's also a complete minefield. Um, you know, half the time, um, sometimes the caregivers don't work out. Um, and, you know, this platform removes a lot of that headache for you. Um, we also find online registry options are very prevalent. You know, care.com is you know, the currently market leader. Um, you know, they've been around for 20 years and it's a very large uh, tech enabled caregiver registry. But unfortunately, in the world of technology, um, it's almost like a dinosaur, um, you know, in the sense that 
Um, as soon as you go to the site, um, you are um, having to pay subscription fees. Uh, oftentimes, you know, sign up for a three-month subscription uh, before you even try the product. Um, and then once you pay the fee, um, it's all on you. You know, you browse through tons and tons of profiles, send a million messages, hope people respond. You know, it's days and weeks of work. Um, so the average user experience on care.com, you know, if you look at the reviews, it's 1.3 ratings out of five stars. I mean, it's kind of shocking that the business still exists, given how badly it's rated. Um, and most people just find out ways to the subscription fee, and I ultimately ended up not getting care. Um, you know, and it's not curated at all. And then, you know, what other people turn to is just private market. You know, a lot of people we find are asking friends, neighbors, someone at church, um, you know, posting up flyers at colleges, kind of trying to find where can I find private caregivers, um, mm -hmm. you know. And so we just basically simplified, standardized the experience, you know, and we said, okay, let's go and find what population specifically wants to serve this market of caregiving for um, the aging population, those with serious illness. And it's college students who want to go in the healthcare field, doctors, nurses, um, you know, people who want to go to physician assistant school, and brought it to you um, in the most convenient, uh, least friction on-demand way to do it. Um, a lot of our thinking about the design was inspired really by products people love, you know, let's say the Apple iPhone, that's one of the biggest inspirations for us, you know, the thought and the design of how do you create something you love. Um, you know, we actually have a backing from a former executive at Apple who's backing Kiriaya. And, you know, the goal was how can you create a user experience that's as great as the iPhone, you know, whoever uses the product absolutely loves it. Um, you know, we, we think and you know, even our backer will say, you know, he believes Kiriaya, the user experience for caregiving is as revolutionary as the iPhone. And, you know, kind of sometimes we often just say using the current models of getting care is like using a rotor phone. I don't know if you guys remember those, but you know, sometimes there's a big shift and then people realize, hey, why why isn't this um, the way to do it? Um, so yeah, hopefully that gives you kind of an overview of, of the user experience. And then at the end, um, you just pay the caregiver directly. So you know, we take no middleman fees. Um, it's completely free technology to use, uh, thankfully to our backers. Um, and the rates on there are awesome, you know, 15 bucks an hour. So the caregivers are making um, uh, a really great um, uh, income. And then the uh, families are getting the maximum affordable solution for themselves. That's a great, $15 is a great deal. I don't know for, for our listeners, if you haven't looked at care, caregiving costs lately are huge. And, you know, I, I, while we're on this, Neil, you know, a lot of caregiving company, private duty caregiving companies um, charge a really big rate and then take a, a large portion of that, um, which, uh, you know, the, the middleman there is, is a, a big chunk of money um, for some of these yeah. caregiving companies. So that's that's awesome that, um, you know, there's a direct pay. There's not a middleman. It's, it's kind of all straight to the caregiver, which is which is wonderful. Yeah, no, thanks. I mean, I think that, you know, for a whole host of reasons, you know, we're seeing that if you any of our listeners, you know, live within 20 to 30 minutes uh, from a major university and you have a smartphone, um, like if you're not using Carry and you're getting care, you're missing out on mm -hmm. an amazing care resource. You know, we, we think it's kind of a no brainer decision. Um, and, you know, the care experience is basically for many of the listeners is imagine your son or daughter that's in college, mm -hmm. you know, and then imagine their friends who are heading to medical school, um, nursing school, physician assistant school. You know, imagine those are the caregivers coming to your house and caring for your elderly mother, and you're booking it online very conveniently, and it's 15 bucks an hour. You know, so it's it's really kind of a cool, elegant, novel solution. Um, we uh, there's not a lot of public awareness, so it's a really well kept secret uh, in a in a sense. Like it's all grows through word of mouth. We have zero marketing or advertising budget. 
um, a lot of doctors and nurses within healthcare systems um, uh, heard about it because we were partnering with them, and then they're using it for their own parents and family members. Um, they're telling patients about it. Um, I think really thankful for y'all at Transitions. I think a lot of people um, on your team are using it and telling people about it. Um, and, you know, it's kind of like this is the right way to do it because if you don't spend any money on marketing or frivolous activity or advertising, um, then you don't need to, ch- you know, charge. Um, technology development is a fixed cost mm-hmm. um, you know, development. So and thankfully, you know, we have uh, backing to get that funded. Um, and then you can deliver like an amazing experience at an amazingly affordable price. Um, so kind of just maximize how many people can use it. That's great. I, you know, my grandpa, um, when we were had a caregiver for him, he um, really built a relationship with a couple of his nurses. Is there the opportunity in Care Yaya to request the same caregiver, um, you know, time and time again? Uh, yes. Yeah. Thanks, Mary. Actually, great question. Um, so that was actually one of the initial learnings in the project that we were developing with on-demand booking technology. But like you said, a lot of people develop great relationships. Um, so we do have a lot of recurring care going on and over the next few months, you know, we're going to be kind of like just putting out some content, you know, on our site or on our YouTube channel of, um, just kind of like videos of care experiences, but it is really heartwarming to see, um, some amazing intergenerational relationships develop between college students and our elderly population, um, right here in the triangle. You know, there's people that are caring for the same family often, you know, two, three, four times a week. Um, there's families that are getting care that are adjusting when they need care to fit the student's class schedule. I mean, I, I almost couldn't believe some of these stories. Um, you know, so, yeah, I mean, there's, like, there's amazing relationships. And, and you know, now that we've been around for a while, we've had, I'm proud to say, we've had a lot of people um, get into medical school, physician assistant school, nursing school, and this has been the foundational experience they've written about um, in their applications. You know, so really many of the people who have been doing Karyaya are now at UNC Med School, Duke Med School, Wake Forest Med School, on their way to becoming doctors, um, PAs, nurses, um, and you know they viewed it as a formative experience. And and more more than that, even it's it's actually really cool to see how like word of mouth um, and just viral growth spreads. Where um, people's parents, you know, who are living in Greensboro, Charlotte, you know, we started this in the Triangle, and you know we have students at NC State, Duke, UNC. Their parents would hear about it, and they would be like, I can't believe somehow my son or daughter is doing this you know, in college instead of working at the local coffee shop or working at the local restaurant. So parents would post on Facebook parents groups saying, you know, NC State uh, class of 2024 parents group. Um, oh, my son's at NC State doing this. Have you heard of it? And that would drive a lot of people to tell their own kids to sign up. Um, so that was really cool to see. And then the other aspect was they're also really cool to see. A lot of the users that are getting care um, are telling their siblings, um, you know, extended family in other regions. And that's really why we started growing in Charlotte you know, Greensboro, Wilmington, is that, you know, we were getting a family in Cary that's using it. And, you know, the lady's telling her brother-in-law in Charlotte that, hey, this is how I'm getting care. And the brother-in-law is calling from Charlotte saying, hey, why isn't this available in Charlotte? So, you know, then we kind of launched it there, partnered with UNC Charlotte, and now are starting to serve that market. And that's how we ended up growing into South Carolina. You know, just family that was here uh, was telling their family members there. So, yeah, it's really it's really cool to see the impact um, that it's making and, and you know, it's people loving the experience. Yeah, it's such a great story, and we're going to continue our conversation. We're speaking with Neil Shaw. Neil is CEO and co-founder of Care Yaya Health Technologies, and we're going to take a quick break, but we'll be back with more. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5. AM 680 WPTF News Talk 
traffic. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. 60 minutes devoted to giving you all the information you need when caring for a loved one with Mary Lucas and Jason Kong. If you have questions for the show, you can email agingmatters at transitionslifecare.org. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Jason Kong here with Mary Lucas, and our guest on the line is Neil Shaw. Neil is CEO and co-founder of Care Yaya Health Technologies, and Care Yaya is a tech-enabled care registry, and I don't know about you, Mary, but for like the past half hour, I've just been <laughs> sitting back listening to Neil talk and being like, this is an amazing idea. And how, how are we just now thinking of this? I know, right? It's uh, it's, it's amazing. And it, it's, it, it's, it's just a no brainer. So I'm very happy that we have a chance to speak with Neil today. And, um, you know, we, we still got so many questions related to this. You know, yeah, I... Jason, we talk about this stuff all the time. How do we not come up with this? Um, but I, I'm, curi- I'm curious, Neil. Um, Karyaya. We, we keep saying the name, the name, the name. Karyaya, Karyaya. How'd you come up with the name? <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks. So we actually yeah, came up with the name um, in a variety of ways. You know, one, we wanted something kind of like just fun and playful. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of like technology um, companies and technology usage, I think generally, um, it's just nice to have something positive, especially in like the industry that we're dealing in. You know, like it's um, oftentimes you're dealing with serious illness, aging, um, you know, kind of end of life. Um, so it's like a really tough time that the person and family caregivers are going through. So I just want to make something kind of positive. Um, but, you know, the, the the name actually has triple meanings, interestingly. Um, in some languages, like Greek and other, um, Yaya um, is a kind of term just used um, affectionately for grandparents or grandmother. Um, in other languages, um, some Southeast Asian languages, Thai, uh, some African languages, Swahili, believe it or not, uh, Yaya is a um, slang word for caregiver, or, you know, family caregiver or outside caregiver. Um, and then really critically, the letters, Y-A-Y-A, we thought were really cool, where um, it represented you are your advocate, you know, that really something where it's self-directed care, um, you know, kind of do it yourself and we make it really convenient and easy for you. So. That's how we came up with the name, you know, and it's just, and we kind of were testing it and it really stuck and um, it resonated well. And nowadays, a lot of people are just informally are saying um, they're referencing each other as yeah. So um, a lot of families book and they're like, oh, I'm really excited about my Yaya coming on Tuesday. You know, and they're saying that as a caregiver. Um, so, yes, it's just kind of uh, it's really fun uh, to see. But that was that was the background. I love it. It's a, it is very fun. It's playful, and you know, it makes caregiving a little more fun. I, I I'm curious. You know, we we've talked about the caregiving side a bit. I want to shift just a, a a tad and talk about the student side of things and and the the people that are providing care in Karyaya. So, talk to us a little bit about the why for students. Why um, why would a student sign up to do this? What is some of the intentions that you've heard and some of the stories that you've heard from your students? Yeah. Thanks for asking. So. For the students, um, it's really um, an amazing opportunity um, to get experience. You know, we, we find for a lot of students, um, what they were looking for is um, flexibility, um, vertical mobility, um, and a sense of community. You know, and, and, and we also find, you know, in the traditional care industry, if you kind of think about the workforce and how that contrasts with like the student force, um, you know, the student caregivers are 
upwardly mobile people. You know, they are students in college. Um, they're thinking about future in medical school, physician assistancy school, nursing school. Um, you know, they want to get healthcare experience to kind of determine, hey, is this a career path I want to go into? Um, but oftentimes, you know, they don't have an opportunity because working at a hospital requires a lot of certifications and it's a lot of technical work. Um, you know, so for many of them, this is like a great introduction, you know, just companion care, hanging out with people who are going through serious illness, um, going through uh, dementia, Alzheimer's, et cetera. Um, and it's a great experience. So we find, you know, one of the surprises when we were um, beta testing this at UNC is we surveyed a lot of students at UNC nursing school. And one of the most popular things they were doing was DoorDash. So I, I literally, I couldn't believe it. You know, it's like, this is an amazing population of people who are going into a caring field and on their spare time to make income, they're delivering food takeout. You know, it's, I, I was like I shocked really. And, you know, we asked a bunch of them, we asked their nursing professors of why are they doing that? And it was like, well, you know, they have class, um, they have active schedules and this is something they can conveniently do around their schedules. So one of the biggest insights was the gig economy um, and kind of like flexible work really suits this population. And many of them, if they apply to traditional care companies, you know, traditional local care agencies, they get turned down. You know, there were 3.9 GPA pre-med students at UNC and Duke that were getting rejected from jobs at care agencies because they couldn't commit to a fixed schedule of 25, 30 hours a week. And, you know, but by offering kind of this flexible work, um, you're able to kind of um, build a workforce um, of these upwardly mobile aspirational students. Um, I also say caregiving is very hard work. I've done it myself. I've seen a lot of care industry um, people do it. Um, it's generally, you know, not the highest wages. Um, it's very sad. You develop relationships with people and then oftentimes they pass um, or they go through kind of like worsening health conditions. So it takes a real emotional toll. And I think it's a lot easier for the college students to stomach um, when you're doing it for a couple of years. It's not your life forever. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of a part time side thing before you go off to graduate school. And then you're going to go become a doctor. You're going to go become a nurse or a physician assistant. Um, the So I think that's one thing where it's like much more positive, you know, for a student to kind of experience this for a while. It's also college students, I feel, are a great default screening mechanism. You know, if you think about um, the students that are organized enough, smart enough to get into our great universities in North Carolina, um, it's a great filter of responsibility that are they going to show up on time? You know, how are they going to behave? Um, we are shocked that and that was one of the first things that, you know, some of the people in the healthcare industry were telling us that, OK, college students, who knows, you know, let's see what the reality is, it's 98% plus on time percentage. Like no shows are almost unheard of. Like people are profusely apologizing if they're running three minutes late because of traffic. Um, you know, so you just can't believe the self-regulation of behavior. Um, and then because we've had deep ties with the universities um, and they're being um, recommended to us uh, by biology professors, pre-health advisors, um, even deans of the school, um, you have this, and a lot of their peers are on it, it really helps further regulate the behavior. So um, it's it's really, you know, kind of like we're, what we're finding with, you know, there's kind of like an interesting alliteration, but we're finding it's basically the student workforce is positive, proactive, and very personal. Um, you know, they don't like to sit around. They're very um, uh, focused on what else can I do here while I'm here. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, it's an amazing, it's just kind of an amazing quality of a workforce that, um, you know, we're, we're just shocked and um, thankful to have. That's that's really interesting. You know, I I see that in the generations that are coming up behind uh, me is that they are seeking work that is 
fulfilling and uh, has a purpose, and um, I can I can see that in Karyaya and and fulfilling those um, you know those needs and and um, that purpose, which is wonderful. We have just a couple minutes before we go to break. I want to ask you a quick question off of that same kind of um, thing that we were talking about. How do you see this addressing some of the future workforce um, of you know where we have a nursing shortage, we have we need more physicians and and PAs and practitioners who are interested in geriatrics. Do you see that Karyaya is helping to address some of these workforce uh, challenges? Um, yes. Thank you for the question. Hundred um, percent. Uh, you know, a lot of people um, that initially um, sign up and start providing care. You know, they're not familiar with some of these situations. You know, some some of them might have had a grandparent that went through dementia or Alzheimer's or cancer. Um, and they might have helped, um, you know, kind of their mom or dad uh, with caregiving. But this is kind of their first direct experience, you know, um, spending time with someone. Um, and for many of them, it really changes their life perspective and what they want to focus on in life. So we, we do partner with uh, geriatric physicians and many of uh, the students ask for, you know, advice, consultation. Is this a field I want to kind of go into? Um, it's really um, awakened many people to this challenge in society um, and kind of what um, what people are going through in the home. Um, I think it's training people to be better clinicians, uh, to be honest, because, and we hear this actually, you know, we, the um, head of uh, Wake Forest Baptist Health um, Medical System told us that, that, you know, from a building empathy um, as a clinician, you know, whether it's doctor, nurse, physician, assistant, if you, you know, work at hospital, uh, volunteer, work at clinics, you're, you're spending sometimes 15, 20 minutes, you know, one-on-one with people. Um, when you go into the home and it's you one-on-one and you are spending three hours, five hours, six hours with somebody undergoing cancer treatment, um, somebody suffering from Alzheimer's and dementia, and then oftentimes you're seeing them multiple, multiple times a week for months, um, you're really developing a sense of what is, you know, what are the health problems? And what is it like being someone like this? What is it like for the family? So uh, a lot of students are really being, being inspired about career choices. Um, to your point about the workforce, actually another interesting statistic is that um, um, uh, the entire care industry, just in terms of like elder care uh, in North Carolina, uh, we were reading about this a few weeks ago, um, has approximately 119,000 um, uh, of a workforce, of which I think something like 70,000 is home care, and then the rest are, you know, at assisted living facilities um, and nursing homes. Um, so if you think about it, there's a massive shortage, right? There's almost now we're approaching possibly a million uh, people in the state that need some form of care and assistance. Um, you know, as the population is aging very fast, and there's a workforce of 100 and something thousand that can do it. So obviously, many people are just priced out of the market. Um, and then whoever can afford it, they're all competitively bidding against each other for this workforce. So this is also just an interesting novel way to expand the workforce that we've already, you know, we started the project less than a couple of years ago, out of just UNC computer science. And now um, we've gotten 2000 people on it, you know, and as we're expanding into other cities, um, you know, we're on track by this summer, uh, possibly have 5000. people. So when you have a workforce size that's 70,000 home care uh, in the entire state and there's massive shortages for a group of a handful of people um, sitting on UNC Chapel's campus in free, free office space they gave us, um, to be able to quickly get thousands of additional people into this force um, is, you know, just enormous. And then hopefully many of these people will, will be encouraged over time to go into, um, you know, geriatricians. You know, that's another shortage. There's only, I think, a few thousand, 5,000 or 7,000 geriatric doctors in the entire country. Um, so can you imagine if we get 10,000, 15,000 students just in North Carolina, um, to do this during college, um, how many of them will go into the field, you know? So yeah, it's, it's really awesome to see. It's exciting to think about, and it's 
filling a, a growing need that we're going to be needing to address, and this is a wonderful potential solution. We're speaking with Neil Shaw. Neil is the CEO and co-founder of Care Yaya Health Technologies, and we're going to continue our conversation with him right after this. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. Joined by Mary Lucas from Transitions Life Care. Here's your host, Jason Kong. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. I'm Jason Kong here with Mary Lucas, and our guest on the line is Neil Shaw. And Neil is CEO and co-founder of Care Yaya Health Technologies. And we're having a wonderful discussion about this tech-enabled care registry. And Mary, we've got our last segment here, so let's let's get right back to it with Neil. Definitely. I want to talk about how you see things growing, Neil. So, so what's next for Care Yaya? Who are you partnering with now, and where do you kind of see your business growing? Yeah, sure. Yeah, thanks, Mary, for the question. So um, a critical phase as we grow this is um, to increase and accelerate our partnerships uh, within the broader um, care ecosystem. Um, so currently, we're um, spending all the time partnering with um, health insurance plans, um, hospital systems, uh, even hospice, um, such as you guys. Um, and uh, many of these players in the care ecosystem really view the Care IA program as a direct contributor to lower health care costs. Um, you know, hospitals uh, are finding that having caregivers around can significantly reduce 30-day readmissions after discharge, um, and that's a critical metric for them uh, from a billing and reimbursement perspective that the healthcare systems are being evaluated and reimbursed, reimbursed on. Um, you know, we've actually had a novel um, solution to um, hospice caregiving market, uh, which I can kind of give um, a, a, an anecdotal example of how we're helping people um, uh, through transitions. Mm-hmm. Um, so y'all have been just great supporters and collaborators. Um, we've had programs like the Duke Well Program. That's a key program at Duke Health to improve population health and reduce readmissions. Uh, they're a key partner. In fact, many of the um, people who work there actually book care for their own family members there. Um, and then also collaborations across um, UNC Health. And as we grow across the state, we're making more of those. Um, We've got Bob Gretchen, who's the uh, former CEO of Blue Cross Blue Shield of North Carolina, um, as a early backer and investor saying, you know, love to back this because it's the future of caregiving. And, you know, he thinks eventually something like this uh, will be, uh, has a good shot of being covered by Medicare Advantage plans um, to further even lower the cost of caregiving. So forget 15 bucks an hour. Imagine grandma or grandpa on Medicare Advantage getting free care, uh, literally subsidized by the plan, you know, to some degree um, as a way to reduce overall healthcare costs and improve outcomes. Um, we also have um, Dr. Linda Rosenstock, who's the dean of um, UCLA School of Public Health and chairwoman of the largest um, nonprofit Medicare Advantage plan in the country, Scan Plan. Um, and you know, she ran the National Institute of Occupational Safety and Public Health under the Clinton administration. And you know, she's saying that Carrie is literally changed the way we, as a country, think about home-based care, um, and you know, is delivering a paradigm shift in caregiving. So, I think a lot of the people in the healthcare ecosystem are basically saying to us and observing that health is most influenced by what happens in our homes and in our communities and having affordable access to caregivers in home can really help with a lot of these what they call social determinants of health factors that prevent Mm -hmm. good health. Um, 
Uh, so yeah, I think that I'd say that's where I think it's going is that can we really show through data we're collecting, um, you know, the improvement in population health, minimizing preventable ER visits and keeping hospital readmissions low, and as a way shift the reimbursement burden so that families can get even further support um, to get care at home. That's awesome. I love how you guys are disrupting these models. It's time that we rethink what healthcare looks like. And um, I, I think that our, as a nation, we're headed in a direction that's kind of scary. Um, and so it's, yeah. we really have to rethink what we're, what we're doing and how we're doing it and be more efficient and, um, and really look at how we're helping um, the aging population because it's growing so quickly. Um, we don't have the, the infrastructure in place to support the population and where it's headed. Mm-hmm. I so, totally agree. Totally agree. Uh, do you have, you know, before I, I want to get to a part of the show when we close out to give everyone the information they need to get in touch with you. But before we get there, do you have any feel good stories? I know you can't share names, um, but I, I would like to um, have, inform our listeners of the kind of care that you provide. Um, you know, it's not heavy duty nursing care. You're not taking care of wounds, but what kind of mm-hmm. care you provide? And could you give us a little anecdote or a little um, example of, of what you all are doing in the home? Yeah, yeah, great. So uh, with protecting confidentiality of people, I'll give you a great anecdote, actually very applicable um, uh, to you guys. So uh, actually, there was a family we helped recently um, that actually came to us through transitions. And it was like a really, it was a really tough, like um, sad situation, you know, that um, uh, it was a uh, midlife lady um, uh, in the Durham area, let's call her Lindsay, um, uh, came to us um, and her mother had been um, diagnosed with uh, terminal uh, pancreatic cancer. Um, and, you know, was given a couple months to live. Um, you know, so at that point, it's just none of the treatments were working. Um, you know, she had basically found transitions and, you know, got on the hospice care plan. Um, and um, unfortunately, I think many people who are put on hospice at transitions um, and at other um, hospice care plans don't realize that, um, you know, they think hospice includes kind of caregivers. Um, but, you know, unfortunate reality is due to the way that, you know, the hospice industry works, it's a very tough industry. Um, Medicare reimbursement doesn't cover, um, you know, kind of one-on-one caregiving. Um, so the hospice provider uh, formally admits you to the program, um, and you get great medical care, support, um, you know, nursing care, social work, chaplain. Um, but here in this case, um, Lindsay realized, oh, wait, um, no one's going to be around my mom 24-7. Um, and this was a use case where um, she has a full-time job. Um, she has a husband. She has two kids at home. Um, you know, lives half an hour away. Um, so, you know, what am I going to do? Uh, and I hope somebody at Medicare is listening to this, actually, because <laughs> I think that's why it almost like, why isn't Medicare covering this? You know, it's, it's kind of shocking. Um, so, you know, basically through this, you know, we, we realized in the situation, it was already sad enough and she was already delivered a blow, you know, psychologically that, okay, it's end of life for my mom. Um, now, what do I do to find care? You know, so she scrambled and basically moved all her work to, I'm just going to do eight to five over Zoom. I'm not going to go into the office um, and you know, sit next to mom's bedside during the day. But at night, I have my own responsibilities. Weekends, I have my own responsibilities with my kids. So she called around a bunch of care providers and, you know, no one in the care industry wants to deliver the solution because it's short term. You know, it's um, you know, a few weeks. Um, there's shortages. So it's an immediate need. Um, so the best she got was after calling 10 providers, uh, the quotes were $40 an hour to $45 an hour, you know, Ooh. surcharges. Um, and the best was, I'll try to get you someone in two to three weeks. And she was like, I might only have a few weeks left. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And because the need was um, every night and weekends, uh, it was 100 hours a week. So it was kind of shocking. Um, so for her, it was like, hey, this could be $4,000 a week, um, you know, for the next two months. So it could be out, you know, 25, 30 grand, uh, which isn't, you know, most people don't have that kind of money lying around. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just like, what should I do? So um, thankfully, Transitions um, recommended um, Lindsay to check out Carriaya and, you know, uh, came to us, came to the site and it was Friday night, you know, so just maximum stress um, and, you know, put a bunch of requests on our site and literally within two days, um, Sunday night onward, um, tons of student caregivers were available. Um, so we were basically able to match and fulfill um, that request. Um, students love the opportunity, 15 bucks an hour. Um, great relationships formed, um, you know, with her mother. Um, and, you know, she was spending 1500 bucks a week instead mm-hmm. of 4500 So it was like really maximally affordable. And I think it really relieved the guilt and the pressure that somebody will be there at my mom's bedside when I'm not there. And just very simple things like help her get up and go to the bathroom in the middle of the night or help her with a glass of water. Um, you know, for the students, it was a great experience. Um, and really, there were a lot of stories shared, interpersonal relationships being built, you know, just in the last few weeks of you know her mom's life. Um, the students got to ask a lot of questions and learn about it. Um, you know, even said after the fact that, wow, I, you know, there were the students were telling me things about my mom I didn't even know, you know, just like things that were happening in her life in her 20s and 30s and just kind of her whole life experience. Um, and, you know, after she passed, um, it was like really cool to see many of the students were invited to the funeral, um, you know, to kind of share stories, you know, about the final few weeks. Um, so this is, I mean, it's just, it was one, it was really cool to see just from like a stress relief, economic burden, you know, and cost perspective. But it was also really just cool to see, um, you know, heartwarming story about mm-hmm. the relationships that were developing. Um, so, yeah, that's, you know, that's kind of, I and mean, we have so many examples like that, but that's probably like one of the you know, most salient examples, um, you know, in the last last couple of months that's stuck with us. Neil, this is such a wonderful idea, and it really is a, a no-brainer for this industry. For those who are listening, whether it's medical professionals, uh, students, or family members who know of a student who may benefit from this, what's the best way to find out more about Care Yaya? Um, yes, the best way is um, reach out to us. You know, you can email us at hello at carryaya.org, C-A-R-E-Y-A-Y-A.org. Uh, you can also just check out our site. Um, we'd really love, um, you know, additional collaborators and supporters. You know, we have a coalition of dozens of doctors, medical directors, and hospital administrators who are partnering with us and recommending us. So, you know, we'd love to partner with more people as we scale across the state. Um, and yeah, we'd love to hear from families that need help with care. We actually have so many students have been tidying up that, uh, believe it or not, uh, we have a massive surplus of caregivers um, and, you know, would love to kind of help you guys, um, you know, with care for your family. Uh, and, yeah, we just love to partner with people um, to build this across the state. You know, we think there's a great opportunity to solve um, a social problem and uh, make a huge impact on families and also just encourage um, and train the um, healthcare workforce of tomorrow. Yeah, you know, we've been doing this show for a long time, and I, the phrase surplus of caregivers is something I don't, I don't think we've heard uttered <laughs> yes. on this show before. It's, it's yes. really cool to hear. He is Neil Shaw, CEO and co-founder of Care Yaya Health Technologies. You can go online to careyaya.org or send an email, hello at careyaya.org. Neil, again, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate it, and best of luck to you and to this wonderful idea. Awesome. Thank you, Jason. And thank you, Mary. You know, thank you both for the opportunity for having us uh, on and learning more about the program. Really appreciate it.
We appreciate it as well. That will do it for us today. We're out of time. Don't forget you can go to WPTF.com. Check out the Aging Matters podcast if you missed any part of this episode or want to go back and check out past episodes as well. On behalf of Mary Lucas, I'm Jason Kong, thanking you so much for listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Have a wonderful day. You've been listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. For more information, log on to transitionslifecare.org.